0: Thanks for joining us for another message from the City Church. We're a local church in Mississauga, Ontario, gathering in community as we move closer to Jesus. We hope this message from our special guest speaker encourages you wherever you're joining us from today. Great to be with you, City Church, and uh, so good to see so many people uh, right now online in the chat. We're so good to have you. If you're not able to be with us in person right now, uh, because you're... whatever reason, uh, we're just so thankful to have you, but for all the city team in front of me right now, isn't it good to just be in the room right now? So on August 2nd, August 2nd, I'm looking for some sort of agreement, that's when you need to register to be able to be here in person because it's amazing uh, what what happens when we gather together and uh, if you're not able to for whatever reason, of course, we can still enjoy uh, church through this medium and be a part of the church, uh, be uh, contributors not just consumers. But uh, I'm really excited to be here today. Um, Before I go any further, I just want to thank City Church, but especially Pastor Brent and Nicole Coulter for inviting me to be a part of this. You got to know that you have incredible pastors here. And honestly, um, I I don't want to take too long because service times are all shortened right now, but I do want to take a moment because if there was ever a time to thank your pastors, now is the time. If there was ever a time to say, you know what, I need to send a message, uh, send it, if you don't even have his phone number, which you probably shouldn't have it, everybody at City Church, um, send a general email to the church and just say, get this to Pastor Brent because right now we need to encourage our leaders more than ever. Right now is the time when, if you've ever thought of encouraging uh, Pastor Brent, now's the time to do it. Not because uh, he's like failing in life right now, but because he's having to make decisions that none of us have ever had to make as pastors and leaders ever before in our lives, ever, like in the last 100 years, uh, 50 years, had to make decisions like this. And so make sure you send him a a message and thank him. I'm very thankful for your pastor, uh, for me and my wife, Emma, and Luke and Victoria, who lead Slate Church. He's been such an incredible uh, resource to us, such an incredible friend to us, and, uh, and we're thankful for him in this season. So make sure you send him a message. Pastor Brent, we absolutely, absolutely love you. Thank you. Just a moment ago, there was a moment here in the service that isn't even going to make it into the cut where he shows some vulnerability. I can tell you the heart of your pastor is so incredibly good. Okay, are you guys ready for the message? Okay, if you have a notebook in front of you, if you have a laptop in front of you, if you have a phone in front of you, if you have a child's arm in front of you, grab a pen and write down this title. The message I'm going to be speaking here uh, today, uh, whenever you're watching this, this morning, this afternoon, whenever, is uh, Anchor in the storm. Anchor in the storm. There's so much storm metaphors that work in seasons like this. I haven't really been keeping up with your messages because we've got our own messages to keep up with. Maybe you've already heard a storm message this, in, this, in this stormy season, but I want to bring a fresh message. I want to bring uh, something that been, God's been doing in my heart, uh, something that uh, I spoke part of it uh, to our own church, but it's bringing on new meaning the longer and longer we go through a season called COVID. And I hope that it will bless you today because I know that God has a word for us. So why don't we bow our heads and we're going to jump right into it after I pray. Jesus, thank you so much that we get to come here today and we get to worship your name. God, we are tuning in online. We are gathering together in person. We are doing a whole bunch of different things in a whole bunch of different rooms. And for our church, God, that is one house. We have many locations. We say many one, one house many rooms, but right now, God, we are one house, many living rooms. We are all over the city. We are all over probably the province right now watching and tuning in, and we're gathering together, and we know that it's not just our physical presence that gathers us. It's your spirit inside of us, and so right now, as we open up our hearts to hear from you, and we unify our spirits as you begin to speak to us, God, we pray that you would wake up a new passion inside of us for what you want to do in our lives, And in the world that we live in, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Well, um, I want to speak on this idea right now of, uh, uh, it's a simple idea of uh, uh, anchor in a storm. I'm going to be speaking out of Acts chapter 20, What, what chapter am I speaking out of right now? I'm speaking out of Acts chapter 27, verse 19. And I'm going to give you a little bit of the Coles Notes version, then we're going to jump back and forth in it. Um, But in uh, leading up to Acts chapter 27, verse 19, what we have is we actually have uh, Paul, he's he's, uh, become prisoner to the Romans for preaching the gospel. In fact... Basically he's claiming a higher power than that of Caesar and that's what everybody has a problem with. They're like, "Okay, you're not allowed to go around and preach against Caesar. You're not allowed to go around and pretend like there's a higher power. You're not allowed to go around and pretend like there's something greater going on in the world right now than COVID. You can't do that. That's that's against the rules. That's against what we have set up as a society." And so Paul is put in chains and he's being delivered by boat to Rome and he's been on a whole long journey. And as they go along this journey, they get caught up in a storm. After Paul already reminded them and warned them, like, "Hey, this isn't a good idea. We shouldn't go on this uh, go on this trek. We should uh, stay here for a little while." They set back out, and they're about to hit a storm that is about to wreck the boat they find themselves on. In uh, in Acts chapter 27, verse 19, it says, "On the third day of this trip, they were they uh, threw the ship's tackle." Uh, The the third day of the storm, rather, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. And we've been in COVID for, I don't know about you, but about four months longer than I've wanted to be. I, I've, I've worn a mask for approximately whatever was beyond one second of wearing a mask. That's about longer than I wanted it to be. I, I don't like the new COVID world. I don't know if anybody's with me. I don't know if anybody's had to stay at home because of a physical condition that might make you more susceptible to this thing. And you're like, yeah, I'm over it. I'm done with my living room. I just want to move for the sake of moving so I have a whole different environment in front of me. You know, we're, we're just, I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm over it. I'm over that we're still in the same storm. I'm over that we can't just gather in church. I'm over that we got to space ourselves out six feet apart. I'm over having to give elbow bumps to Tyler as I come up on stage. He gives the best hugs out of anybody that I know. It's probably been the biggest injustice I've experienced so far. I'm over it all. And yet sometimes when we're going through seasons like this, we, we, we tend to think that we've got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. This is a philosophical fallacy that some of us sometimes find ourselves in. Well, if I can't have this, I can't have it all. If I can't have the way that I used to have it, well, Jesus can't move at all. If I can't have it the way that we used to do it, well, then maybe I just can't experience it the way that I used to experience it. This comes up in older Christians all the time. You want to know why my grandparents want to sing hymns all the time? It's because that's what they were listening to when they came to faith when they were in youth. It's why young people today want to listen to Hillsong Young and Free because that's what they're listening to when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. But listen, to go back to the hymns or in, you know, 50 years from now to go back to Hillsong Young and Free is the wrong thing to do because Jesus has new grace and new mercy for us in the new storm that we find ourselves in. And so we can't wish for the old when Jesus might actually have something for us here in the new. See, there's an anchor in the storm. And yes, we all know, those of us that have called on the name of Jesus, that that anchor is Jesus in the storm. But can I just switch the script just for a second and begin to suggest that you also might be an anchor in the storm for the people that are around you? Come on, we all all know when we sing anchor in the storm or whatever, however that song goes, I'm terrible with lyrics. Candice has been leading you in worship this morning alongside Elle, and um, she will be the first person to tell you. I, am the wor- I, don't even know, I don't even know what the song is called. There's some song we sing in church, probably 20 of them, that have to do with anchor in the storm. We know Jesus is the anchor in the storm. We know that, that he, he's going to ground us in the things that we go through. But do you know that Jesus is actually calling you in the midst of COVID to be the anchor in the storm for somebody else? Do you know... That your neighbors that are watching you come to and from Costco with your little mask on are looking to you to see what you're doing through the storm? Do you realize that your co-workers are looking to see a different narrative coming out of your spirit than what's coming out of their spirit? In the midst of the storm, we are called to be an anchor in the storm at the moment that everybody is willing to give up all hope. See, I've uh, over this COVID season. Actually, prior to this, I've decided to become an adventure man. Believe it or not, as I wear my Adidas and what are these shoes? MDs? NDs? Okay, maybe I'm not as much of a city slicker as I thought it was. (laughs) As I wear my tight little Lululemon uh, pants and everything else, believe it or not, I want to be the new Bear Gryllis. If, uh, you know, church platform's not going to work out for me, if I can't be some celebrity preacher, I'm just going to be the new Bear grillist going out into the wild with camera on me because that's what we're doing anyway. And I've decided that this is, this, is a, this is the new me. So over the past couple of weeks, I've been spending every extra dime I've, I've saved up for personal money. You know, I still save up my birthday money when my, when my wife graciously gives it to me. I still save up. The money that I get from my wife when it comes to Christmas. I know it's all our own money, but I like, I'm like, it's in my head. I'm like, I know I've got this much to spend without getting in trouble. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. And so I've been saving this up. And over the past two weeks, I have spent an inordinate amount of money on camping gear. The problem is, I started buying a tent for more money than I thought tents went for. I'm like, I could add a car for this amount of money. I've been spending money on sleeping bags. I didn't even know you needed a sleeping pad. I'm like, it's not a sleeping pad, and it's it's an air mattress, and I don't like those. And I bought one of those, I bought a titanium spork. What is this stuff? I've been buying all this stuff, and finally somebody asked me after I mentioned it to our church like four weeks in a row, like, have you ever been camping? And I had to I had to be honest. I'm like, I've never, never been camping. <laughs> I went on like one outdoor ed trip, which was like walking out to the field in our, in our school, like setting up camp and walking home, you know? Like, well, you should probably look into some of the dangers. I started looking into some of the dangers. Do you know that you could die because of a bear attack? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> You're like, is this guy for real? Is this, is this the in- real intro to his message? Like, is there somebody else coming on the screen right now? <laughs> Did you know that there's something called the Widowmaker where you set up your tent below a tree and all of a sudden a windstorm comes and knocks the tree branch down and because you're not in a house, you're in a tent, which is no protection at all, it falls on you and crushes your head and you're done? I'm not gonna lie. I spent so much money on camping and now I'm, I'm really starting to give up all hope that I'm actually ever gonna be Bear Gryllis and I'm just gonna be stuck in Lulu's for the rest of my life. You see... This is pretty trivial (laughs) when it comes to the stuff that we're going through right now as a world, isn't it? The stuff we're going through as a world right now, I mean, some of us, we own businesses in this room and we're going, I don't know how we're gonna, I mean, I don't know how we're gonna make it through. Some of us, we've invested in stock, and we're going, I know that the stock market is saying everything's okay, but just wait till the third quarter. It's all gonna tank then. For some of us, we're like, "How how are my kids gonna possibly recoup their social lives after this? And we're going like, I was okay with the storm for a week. I was okay with the storm for three months. I was okay with the storm for a little bit of time. But this storm is still raging on, and I'm starting to give up all hope. Hey, now maybe you're just an incredible Christian in the room right now, and you're like, that's not me. I trust in Jesus. I don't know what you guys do over at Slate Church, but here at City Church we have faith, something called faith. I don't know what you're preaching because we're, we're okay here. Listen, even if you're okay in this room and you're tired of the storm narrative, you've gotta understand that you might have the hope of the world, but your neighbor needs you to be an anchor in the storm as they begin to give up all hope themselves. Paul wasn't the one giving up hope in the storm. It was everybody else on the boat that was giving up hope in the storm. And Paul was there as a messenger of Jesus Christ to bring them the hope that they most needed. I want to tell you a story in a few short moments together that has to do with a prisoner, It has to do with a lifeboat, it has to do with a feast, and it has to do with a snake. See, Paul, the prisoner, was a man who was more free on the inside, although he was the least free on the outside. See, it doesn't matter what's been happening to you on the outside during COVID, it doesn't matter what the enemy's been trying to take away from you in this season, it matters what God is doing on the inside of you in this season. you see Paul, he was he was in chains, he was shackled, he was the prisoner on the boat, and yet in the storm he was the most free because he knew where his help came from. He knew where his strength came from. He looked to the mountains and he says, "Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, oh, my, most most high and mighty." See Paul knew where security came from. And in fact, in verse 20 in verse 22 he starts to encourage the other people in the boat. He says, I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. See, if you want to truly be free, as everything around you seems like it's in in captivity and it's in chains and things are being lost around us and fear is rising and people are starting to lose up hope, if you want to be the anchor in the storm for somebody else, you've got to shift your focus and you've got to shift your faith from the ship back onto God. See, so many of us, we have so many things that we could put our hope in and put our faith in and put our trust in and yet what we're starting to realize in this season is that maybe some of this season is a gift to us to realize where we were really putting our trust. You see, Paul is realizing, listen, we're going to lose the ship. you got to stop worrying about losing the ship. you got to stop worrying about losing the finances. you got to stop worrying about losing your, your health. you got to stop worrying about losing all these things. Instead, you need to realize that your life won't be lost. You just need to trust in the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. See, right now we're like, are we going to lose our country? Is the states going to lose their country? There's so much crazy stuff going on all around us. And yet Paul would say to us right now, we got to put our hope and our faith back in Jesus Christ. we got to realize that he is the captain of this ship. we got to realize that he's not gone anywhere and he's not going to leave us to ourselves. I'm putting hope in Jesus that my voice is going to come back. 'Cause now preaching live for like four months, I'm already done, and it was a minute ten. <laughs> Forgive me. I'm sounding like Stephen Furtick now. <laughs> Shout out Stephen Furtick. <clears throat> he's the only one in chains, and yet he's the one that is most free. He's the one that's preaching to his neighbors. Keep up courage. <laughs> I'm locked up. I got my hands behind me. I'm not a good swimmer anyway. This boat might go down, but I'm going to kick my feet even faster because you guys got me in chains. Don't worry. We're going to be okay. He's in chains, and yet he's not afraid. Keep up courage. How many of us are willing to preach to our neighbors to the way that we live our lives? How many of us are willing to preach to those that we work with by the way that we walk with confidence in the spirit that God's given us? How much of us are willing to speak faith into our children that a better day is coming for the Church of Canada? How many of us are willing to speak to those around us, keep up courage, because God's not done with us yet? How many of us are willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to be dismayed by the season that we find ourselves in. I'm not going to allow my spirit to be downtrodden. I'm not going to allow this to impact my spirit soul in negativity. I'm going to speak faith in the name of Jesus. I'm going to encourage those around me to keep up your courage. Our lives will be saved. It's interesting. In, uh, in verse 29, everybody's scared and they're wanting to throw everything off the boat. And it says, in fact, they dropped four anchors from the stern. They prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. But Paul is the anchor, real true anchor with Jesus Christ, the spirit of Jesus Christ. It says, then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless his men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. How many of us would be as courageous as Paul to cut the only thing that we think will save us from the storm in order to pursue what God has actually placed in our path? How many of us would be willing to call out the lack of wisdom in the world that we find ourselves in to say no, 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 no. They might be putting their hope in that, but I'm calling you to put your hope back in Jesus Christ. Let me tell you about a true anchor for a moment. Let me tell you about a true hope for a moment. Let me t- let me tell you about a true uh, a, a true foundation that you can build your house on. You know, it's interesting because in the in in the book of Matthew, Jesus is telling a story about two builders, one that built their house on the sand and one that built their house on a rock and a storm came against them both and of course we know the end of the story the one that built their house on the rock was actually able to stand this whole season is meant to reveal what's actually inside of us this whole season is starting to reveal where our actual hope is and if i could be honest with you it's starting to reveal what's in the heart of leaders and pastors all over the world are you in it Because of the crowds, are you in it? Because I still want to move on the face of the earth. Right now, what is being dug out of society is fear and hopelessness and discouragement and confusion. But Jesus comes in and says, hey, I died for all of that. I died for a certain salvation. I died to give you hope in the storm. I died to give you certainty of where you will spend your eternity. You see, the lifeboat, represents all those things in our lives that we want to hold on to. All of those things we want to kind of store on the side of our Christianity just in case we need to escape from this whole thing. Just in case it doesn't work out the way that we want it to, well, at least I got the cottage I can go to. (laughs) Just in case it all doesn't work out the way I wanted it to, well, at least I have this little nest egg that I can rely on. You know, Paul is speaking to the people and he said to to the sailors, and he's saying, listen, we got to cut the lifeboat if we're going to make it through this storm. And I know what it's like to come up with a plan B. I was 20 years old, maybe even 19, it doesn't really matter anymore, when I wanted to propose to my girlfriend, <laughs> Mrs. Emma Betker, And, uh, you know, I-, I was absolutely head over heels in love with her. I still am. She said, yes, the story is already ruined. But uh, I remember going to Mappins. I don't even know if Mappins is a thing anymore. Anybody remember Mappins? Anybody ever go to Mappins? I went to Mappins once. Never going there again because I had to sell my soul in order to get a ring. And I remember getting a ring and I got this ring and I was so excited. I knew that it was going to be at least a year and a half before I could actually propose. We had been dating for two and a half, or three and a half years at that point. And I was like, I got it! like, I gotta get rid of this thing. And I remember giving it to my dad and being like, dad, you gotta hold on to this thing or I'm gonna go drive and meet her right now and propose. And he's like, don't do that, you're way too young. And I'm like, I know, hold on to it, you know? And I remember the day that I picked it back up. We had been dating at this point, not for five years, if you're following the, narr- you know, the timeline of the story. Six months later, I decided we were ready. And so, at four, four years of dating, I was like, we, we, need, we need to get married. I showed up, picked up the ring for my dad. I'm like, dad, is, am I okay to do this? And he's like, don't ask me. Go ask her, dad. You know, like, I'm okay, you know. Asked her, dad. He's like, yeah, this is, this is great. I remember picking up that ring. And uh, the day had come, I was going to ask her to marry me. And I, I don't know if any guys in the room remember this moment. Maybe girls in the room, this is the 21st century, maybe you're the ones that propose. Good on you, nothing against you. I remember picking up the ring, and I don't know about you, but every thought in the back of my head started going swirly. What if she says no? What if she's like, we got to wait? What if she's like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect, like all of a sudden I started creating all these other plans. I was like, okay, if she says no, I'll just move to uh, Ukraine and just like become a missionary. That way I don't have to see her again. You know, like I was just like, I was coming up with every other idea. I was holding on to like, what if? See, at one point in my life with Emma, I had to commit to her and say, listen, listen, this is what I'm doing. I don't got any more plan Bs. I'm, I'm, on the way to the sa- I'm on the way to the Savior's plan of my life. I'm on the way to his call. I want to be an anchor in the storm for others. And Paul is saying the same thing. Listen, it's not that he wants to cut out wisdom in his life. Like some of us look at the lifeboat as if it's totally bad. I mean, to, to keep the lifeboat would have been kind of wise. He's not the one that cut it off. He's just the one that said, don't use it. The sailors are the ones that like, okay, if we can't go, nobody's going, you know. Paul's like, I didn't tell you to do that. But what Paul is saying is don't flee in fear. You got to fight in faith for what Jesus has placed in you. Don't flee in fear in a situation, in your lowest moment. Don't give up everything that you've built until this point. We got to fight in fear for what Jesus has for us. And Paul's saying to the sailors and the centurion and the soldiers and the captain, and he's saying, listen, we gotta fight in faith for what God is bringing to us next. We gotta fight in faith that there's more in store. We gotta fight in faith that God is going to redeem this land. We gotta fight in faith that the confusion that is over people in our world today can actually they can actually find hope and clear direction in the name of Jesus. We've gotta fight in faith. And so Paul says, "Hey, we gotta get rid of the lifeboat, or don't rely on the lifeboat lifeboat. You've got to rely on Jesus Christ. He becomes the anchor in the storm. Verse 33. It's continuing. The soldiers that cut the lifeboat at this point. He says, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. He said, for the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted... They lighten the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. See, Paul, he's a smart guy. And he realizes that if we're going to make it through this storm, we're going to need some sustenance in order to get to the other side. God has already promised that we're going to get to the other side. But I need to remind the people around me that we're not going to be able to swim there if we don't have food in our bellies. We're already lacking energy as it is. We need to actually fill ourselves in order to make the swim that is ahead of us. Now, listen, at risk of over-spiritualizing this, doesn't this sound like what some of us are doing right now in this season ourselves? Like, we've hit the moment where, like, I don't even know anymore. It's not fun anymore. Online church just stinks. I'm tired of my kids running around. Where's the kids' ministry? You know, like, all of a sudden, Chase from Paw Patrol is the new teacher for my toddler when I'm trying to learn from Pastor Brent. Never in my life, you know. The only good thing about it is at least we got some new mascots for the kids during this season, you know. Like, what's going on? And we're going, listen, I don't, I'm not, I'm just, I am wake up and I'm just not, what am I doing? I can't even talk to my neighbor. I'm not trying to get stuff from my neighbor. I can't even talk to my neighbor. Why am I, why am I trying to, like, Why am I trying to be a good Christian at all? I mean, I go to the supermarket, and before, I used to smile at everybody. (laughs) Hey, why are you smiling so much? I got Jesus in my heart. I used to evangelize with my smile. I can't even do that anymore. I got a mask, and I smile. I'm angry, and it all looks the same. Paul's saying, hey, the problem is, is that God has already told us how this whole thing's going to end. The Bible starts in a garden, the Garden of Eden. It ends in a garden city. And in that garden city, Jesus is reigning over the entire earth. We are with him. We already know how this story ends. The devil does not win. COVID does not win. The, the discouragement that we're all facing and cultural wars with one another does not win. Jesus wins in the end. But if we're going to get there in one piece, you got to eat. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus tells them to pray. Not because they need food for their stomachs, but because they need the word of God for their souls so that they can make it to the other side. You got to feed yourself today, church. If it's not doing it, tuning in online, too bad. Keep tuning in online. You need that for your soul. If it's not doing it in the morning when you wake up, to so open up the word of God or turn on your iPad and it blasts blast you in the eyes and you're like, oh, it's too bright for an iPad. Get a physical Bible. Keep reading the word of God. God still wants to feed you in this season. He still wants to come alongside you in this season. Paul says, you haven't eaten anything. And now I urge you to take some food. Church, I urge you to take some food today. I urge you to put on the worship music in your car again. I urge you to set that time alone aside for God alone in the morning again. I urge you to read the Bible with the kids again. I urge you to pray with your spouse again. I urge you to speak to one another with faith again because we need the sustenance that only comes from Jesus again. We need a feast for our spirits. You see, uh, Paul is telling everybody else to eat, but he himself is taking communion. How cool is that? Do you realize in this passage, while everybody else is eating, Paul is taking communion. He wouldn't have shared communion with all the other people. We know what Paul says about communion later on in in 1 Corinthians. That you got to take it with a pure heart. We get that. But he himself, along with Luke who was writing this, they're taking communion. Because it says, after this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. See, what our world needs right now while Christians are feeding on the Word of God, as they need to see the presence of God at work in you in the midst of a storm, so that you're not just getting fat on the food yourself and Christianity and more, 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 more. I can tune into Stephen Furtick. I can tune into this church. I can get this worship from here. I can get this Word from here. I can get a smorgasbord Christianity from here. And we're walking around because we're not doing anything with it. The world around us needs to see the presence of God moving through us so that. That they can be encouraged in the storm that they find themselves in. Listen, I love every single church that is preaching Jesus Christ in Jesus' name. I love it. But the only place that can give you the direction and the well-roundedness that you need in your soul is by being planted in this church. I'm telling you, Pastor Brent is going to know when the spirit of this church needs a little bit of direction here. And, oh, you guys, you need it a little bit here because he's been called to shepherd this church. You need to tune in. You need to to plant yourself in the house of God. You got to realize that the presence of God needs to be experienced by everybody around you so that we can all make it through the storm together. Is this okay, church? I got one last thing. Can you hear me? Is it as bad as I think it is? Good. <laughs> Give me a mask, it'll at least like make up for it. <laughs> oh, it's just a mask. It's just a mask. He's got a mask on, you know. Finally, the ship breaks. We've all been expecting it. They all swim to shore. They're all saved. Great. Party, you know. They're on shore. And it says, while well, they're on land. That the islanders showed them unusual kindness they built a fire and welcomed us all because it was raining and cold paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire a viper driven out by the heat fastened itself on his hand when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand they said to one another this man must be a murderer for though he escaped from the sea the goddess justice has not allowed him to live, but Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. In verse six, it says the people expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead, but after waiting a long time, and uh, waiting a long time, they realized nothing unusual happened to him. They changed their minds and said, he was a God. <laughs> I love this, must be a murderer. <laughs> oh no, actually, he must be a God. <laughs> you know, like in moments from one another, they waited a little while, all of a sudden he's God to them. It's amazing how many of us have received the entire message that I've spoken up until this point. And you go, yeah, like I've heard this message. I've heard it, I've tried to put faith in God through the storm, <laughs> and I've done it. And I'm, I'm allowing the presence of God to get on people around me, but I've just, it's like I've been through the storm and then I got bit by a snake. Listen, Paul, he experienced it too. He was snake bit. And at first, the whole world thought this is a reason why what he's saying is inside of him isn't actually true. He's been saying that God's going to save us all, and look, look at his God. You know, right now, the world might be looking at the church and going, what do you guys claim to have all this faith for? You guys are in the same thing with every one of us. And yet it's not the second bite, it's not the second thing that happens to us. It's not the next trial that's gonna show the world what's what what where 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 God is absent. It's actually gonna show the world where God is present. Listen, at that moment, you feel like giving up at the moment where The pain is almost too much to bear. Stick with it. Stay the course. Keep trusting in God. Keep moving through. You'll become an anchor in the storm for everybody around you as they begin to realize only God could have saved them in that circumstance. Only God could be giving them hope to their core. Only God could be moving in their midst. Shake it off and trust God. You get hit again, shake it off trust God. You feel like giving up? Shake it off. Wait a little while. God will show himself as faithful to you. He has not given up on you. He has not forgotten about you. He does care about your business. He cares about your child's faith. He cares about the doubts in your soul. He cares about the, the confusion in your mind. He cares about that person you want to argue with online. He cares about it all. All you got to do is shake it off and keep on going. Shake it off and keep on going. Jesus will show himself faithful to you. Stay the course. So that you can be an anchor in the storm for someone else. We still have a calling on our church in this season. The calling has not changed. The meaning of this moment has not shifted. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hey, COVID, we got one word for you as a a church. You can go. Because we're going to make disciples. We're reaching out with every piece of us, every part of us. We've got a call, and it has not changed. Hey, just right now, I encourage you all across this place, or maybe you're tuning in online, I encourage you, just bow your heads. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus before. Maybe this is your moment. The Bible says, whoever believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus is, Lord will be saved. Maybe today you're like, man, why did that guy get so passionate? Why is he out of his voice? Why is he sweating? Why does he look so uncomfortable? It's because I am way too passionate about sharing a message that has saved my life this hasn't always been the message that I've followed but it's the only message that I've known to put my hope in it's the only message that has given me an anchor for my soul so right now if you want to make that decision to follow Jesus it's as easy as just still your heart and making a decision to say you know what I want to follow you Jesus if that's you why don't you just even right where you are just lift up a hand Symbolically allowing your body to respond to what God's already been doing in your spirit this morning or this afternoon or whenever you're watching. Allowing to move in you. Maybe you're watching online and you have the ability to click raise a hand or whatever the platform allows you to do. Maybe you want to click that right now. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I thank you for everybody making a decision to choose you as their anchor in the middle of this storm. We didn't choose this storm. It just came upon us. But right now, we put our hope in you because you are our hope in the middle of this storm. God, I pray that your spirit would fill them in the name of Jesus. Amen. In church, I just want to pray for one more group of people. If you're here today and you're going, hey, I need, I need to be touched by God. I've been losing hope. I need to shake it off that's you, could you just bow your head right now? I want to pray for you. Jesus, God, in the middle of what we are experiencing, we need your presence. In the middle of a world that is telling us there are so many other solutions to what we're going through. We know the only solution is you, Jesus. Give us the faith of Paul so we can be an anchor in this storm for others. Jesus. Be with us, we pray. Fill us with the courage that Paul talked about. Fill us with the hope of Jesus Christ. Allow us to shake it off and trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen in. Be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other messages. For more content from The City Church or to connect with us, visit us at thecitychurch.ca or find us on Facebook or Instagram at citychurchgta. Thanks again for joining us.